Can you bend over and put your socks on? Yeah. Really? Good for you. All right. Five, four, breath has an intro. Three. Your mind is still hazy. That's Discomfort Zone. I'm Brett. I'm here with Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Brett. Also, Drew. How's it going, everyone? And young Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Today, we are doing a part two of our, what do we call it? We don't know what to do with money right now. But What do we cover in part one? Oh, yeah, uh, money stuff. Okay. But also... Crypto is back up, so we're all rich again, and it's not that big of a deal. I'm not. I, yeah, I, I definitely have been uh, chasing a lot of checks. I'm definitely not rich, but I guess I have some... I have assets, so I really don't have anything to complain about. Are you considering crypto assets? No. To be honest, I'm not. I mean, I guess I, I would like to buy more crypto, but at the same time, I'd rather put that money in my business, which I can control. And I think that was kind of the sum that was, that was really the, from my remembrance, that was what we all kind of agreed on, like invest your money on what you can control. Cryptocurrency is kind of like a gold and silver, like it's something that I invest. But then, you know, we were talking at the end of the mastermind, even about just Rolex watches. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that have intrinsic value that is completely speculation and uh, what's the word? subjective, but they just kind of like art so it still sells those so like you you'd mentioned you got a, a your a rolex back that you'd inherited from your father and like things like that i think there's my my buddy doe dubes he he has like a whole list and actually if i find the newsletter i'll send it to you guys about whole list of stuff that you can put your money into that are objects i mean like jordans jordans are for the longest time i was like a traditional white guy and i was like why the why the hell would anybody care about these stupid sneakers? And then you go to a sneaker show and you see, well, there's these young kids that are dealing with guys that are probably clearly drug dealers and laundering money. And these are white kids from the suburbs, but these white kids from the suburbs are learning like really valuable lessons on bartering and how to um, negotiate and flip flipping and the art of flipping that type of deal so, so I you think, walked into the show traditional white guy and came out a non-traditional black guy yeah 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 or, or as as i am now sir bubba hotep so i think um but my buddy had a bunch of sneakers and i used to think it was ridiculous until i saw the money and then i looked into it and was like wow the reselling of jordans is a billion dollar industry and um so i think like you know money talks so yeah I but think, that i don't know that doesn't excite me um, and like, but, okay, but that's the thing the is watch, like, right. That doesn't excite me either, but this cars do cars yeah. do, but like the watch is something I never would have gone out and I had to spend a shitload of money to fix it. Yeah. But it's still worth it. Uh, sure. Financially, but I, I don't have any intention of selling it. Like I fixed it not to sell it. It made the decision to spend the money to fix it easier that it was worth significantly more, but yeah, I don't have any intention to sell it. 
So I, I don't know. I don't, I think this is kind of a fluke situation, but it's still, but it fixing, it still increased your net worth, I guess. Um, but before we get too in detail on this month's, uh, sneaker talk, punching the world in the dick, I'll start because mine's not that big of a deal earlier this week. Uh, well, I've been injured, uh, from the gym. I flipped a tire. It made my back go pop. And I couldn't put on underwear and uh, it was bad. But a couple days ago, I talked to Scott Hambrick and my default is to always say like, okay, just suck it up. And you can't be hurt. Like you can't just ignore life because you're hurt. Right. So just pretend you're not hurt and act as if, but everyone's like, oh, you need to take it easy. Like everyone told me to lay off my back, take it easy. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I try to listen to people for a change. But then Scott Hambrick came in and pretty much said, suck it up. So for the past two days, I decided to suck it up. What would I do at the gym if my back didn't hurt at all? I'll just do those things. And it, I'm fine. I, my back hurts no more than it did before I did these exercises. So I'm just going to act as if, and this just might be life now. Well, what did you do? Um, well, I couldn't do any kind of leg exercises for like a week and a half. I couldn't really bend down and pick anything up for a while. I couldn't even get like bent over to put a sock on. I ended up injuring myself further simply by trying to take my underwear off. I fell over in my room and hurt my knee. Uh, it was ridiculous. But yesterday I did, um, just the leg extension machine which I couldn't do before, but that seemed like a nice, easy thing to do. Then today I did a row machine successfully, no extra pain. Excellent. So, so at that point now I'm saying I'm, I'm back hundred percent. That's my dick punching. Someone else go. Can you bend over and put your socks on? Yeah. Really? Good for you. <laughs> That's, I mean, like, I've had de de debilitating uh, sciatica stuff, and it was mainly because I was fat. Um, and I've lost weight, and I I still have some stuff in my like right glute because I think I was really having like piriformis syndrome. Yes. So I, I've had like that debilitating pain where I could barely walk, but it's one of those things where it's like it's going to feel worse before it feels better. A lot of times with like with certain nerve things. Um, but so I, I punched life in the dick. I feel like in multiple ways this week. So I'm I'm I've been doing this band workout program. We we talked about it earlier in the week um, when you were talking about your injuries and yeah, I, I feel great. Like I've been really sticking to a diet. I've been getting you know walking in. I've been walking a whole bunch. I, I'm probably in the best shape I've been in the last 13 years. I'm in uh, this diet bet and I'm on pace through this the one program that I was in um, for the diet to get money and the pies, the pot's almost up to like seven grand. Uh, but I also went through and just try to track down. I've been having some issues with checks with different vendors that I sell to. I don't want to say vendors, but customers I sell to. And I got some checks in, which is finally good. Um, and I also tracked down some other loose money that I had out of outstanding invoices so I could clear my books. But yeah, I feel like I've 
been managing a lot of stuff and and really doing uh i guess as jordan peterson would say cleaning my room um so in in multiple ways so i i, I feel like that's why i punched life in the dick this week nice alex I well, if we want to limit it to this week, I finally got uh, a comforter set, and so now I have an actual bed frame with an actual queen size bed and an actual comforters, two pillows, not just one pillow, two pillows, both no them. mattress. There's a there's a mattress in there too. Oh, okay. so yeah, I have a I have a real no legitimate bed, bed. Yeah, I've got a bed frame. I got the whole thing, man. Like name a thing that goes with a bed. I fucking got it. Because I remember when you were living in that uh, campus apartment, it was just a mattress on the floor. Mattress on the floor. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're the punching in the dick is. So, so your punching in the dick is becoming uh, an adult. and well, not. Usually, I'm the first one to want to pounce on Alex, but I will defend Alex here. I'm a man who has bought, I don't know, in the past three years, 20-plus beds. But that, right, was for, that was for your Airbnbs, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 20 plus beds and mattresses. Yet my bed, I think I inherited from an ex-girlfriend. Uh, my box spring and bed frame, I think were my grandmother's like 20 years ago. I, 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 I believe those are the oldest things that I have. Like I have nothing from my childhood wow. except for those things. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a certain level where you don't need that stuff. And then you realize there's a next level where you actually have sex and it requires having a bed. You don't need a bed to have sex. Yeah. I think it's having That's a girlfriend, true. having a girlfriend you want to if have. She a only, if she'll only have sex with you if you have a bed, then should she be your girlfriend? That's really the question, I guess. So you got a bed because a girl wants to have sex with you? I got a bed because I think it increases the likelihood that um, women won't take points off for not having a bed. I have a question about this. Um, so from the moment you had the thought of, oh, I'm not going to get laid unless I get a bed. How quickly did you get this bed? Like, I feel like between the want to get laid by this person and getting this person into your bed, there's not enough time to get yourself an entire bed. Mm -hmm. I uh, no, I think I probably had this thought for three years, and okay. I navigated. I navigated around the situation, but it's like um, I don't know. You follow some hot girl who you went to grade school with on Instagram, like I do, and and you think about these things. Like, yeah, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think Ashley would have sex with me if I didn't have a bed for her. <laughs> you just put her name out there. So yeah, I interview Ashley. So yeah. Ashley will like hear this. Ashley be so out. mortified. I uh, I was walking You're on like, campus. Well, she's married. She has children. I didn't give. I did not. I, following your advice, I didn't put Ashley's last name out there. But Ashley, I did run into. She's going to like dental school. School man, there's not too many Ashleys there. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but she was going to OSU Dental School, or she works there, or something like that. She's a dentist. I was walking down a street one time and she was walking the opposite way and for sure she knew exactly who I was and I knew exactly who she was. And you we found out where walking. she lived and her address is? I didn't find out oh, where she lived. Good. I'll let her, I'll let her, uh, I'll let her be at that. Is she married? No. And she's a dentist? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You should have her move out to Colorado and you guys can get married. 
she can take care of you. That's a lot of work, dude. All right. I did. Yeah. I, 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 there's taking care of stories. Brett, what's your uh, dick punching? I, I was just trying to see how fast I could find this Ashley person. <laughs> Founder. Founder. Wow. Did you really? Should yeah. I just put? Should I just put? Yeah, Alex she's on a, blast like she's and pretty say awesome. High school. Right? Like that's a nice. That's a nice. What do you Not think, only is she like an Instagram hot girl, but yes. she's like. Man, so you know look too. up Ashley Bishop Reedy. Uh, Alex is what you're 28 now. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So he graduated uh, in 2011. I don't think she's gonna get upset at having more Instagram followers. So I feel. I feel fine. Yeah, she's. A, She's in like the neighborhood of me as far as followers. So, mm-hmm. and all she had to do be hot. Yeah. What's that? How many Instagram followers do you have? Uh, I don't know, like less than twelve hundred. Yeah, you're like I only have like ten thousand. Yeah, so. and Brett had to do all that podcasting, and all she had to do was yeah. be hot. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Yeah. I mean, that is really an outrage. So uh, I've been working on the final episode of School Sucks and just feeling very grateful. I've listened back through to the thing we did in August and I put together an intro with all the under 30 people, which obviously includes young Alex um, for the show. And it's just been a nice a uh, week of reflection for me. I mean, obviously that's been a, a small part of my week. I'm, I'm working on other things as well, but I'm dragging my feet, certainly uh, putting it out, but it's been a nice feeling to go back and listen to what everybody had to say. So that was a finally got around to editing that and uh, it felt good. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting teary. I just thinking about that episode, man, I got on stage and was talking and I was like, well, I don't want to, I want to sound like a little bitch and start crying. So I'm going to go off the stage now, but it was, it was pretty cool, man. I think, uh, Alex, Andrew and I can all like attest about the positive influence of you and your podcast in our lives. So it's a beautiful thing to be moving on, but you know, it is, yeah. it is kind of a true death in the sense of, there's no more school sucks. You know what I mean? So, um, but well, there's a lot more school sucks, you know, it's just, uh, the podcast is over. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I meant. I mean, I, when I say school sucks, I mean like the podcast and, but there's still, I mean, it's still going to be around for people to listen to. Right. Mm-hmm. So people are going to get a lot out of it and then you're going to move on and it's going to be a good thing. I'm mad at that episode. Why? Why? It was really nice and everyone got up and said really nice stuff. And like, I was the first person to get up and talk on the mic. And, and I've never been more nervous talking into a microphone than being the first one to stand up and do it. <clears throat> and then after I did it, other people did too. And I'm like, oh, mission accomplished. But then I just compared myself to everyone else. And I'm oh, like, dude, I'm you're word. ridiculous. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have had the courage to do it. Like, mm-hmm. Then I was sitting there and Puke is just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and take photos. I'm like, Puke, get the fuck up there. Brett's one of your best friends. He's like, well, I didn't really listen to a lot of school sex. It's like, doesn't fucking matter. You still fucking got influenced by it. I mean, it's Brett's show. Yeah. And he said one, like, I, he was awesome. He was one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. He was great. Last. What a dick. Yeah. Fuck you, Puke. No, I'm just kidding. I love James Schmeel. Wow, way to just put his last name out there. <laughs> oh, my bad. I didn't so, know he didn't have it out there. What do we want to get into? Yeah, we've got 30 minutes. 
30 um, minutes. Who's, uh, yeah, whose idea was this? Because it's their responsibility to tell us what we're saying. Well, we should talk a little bit about uh, format change. I-, I would say this is a time for a new season. Yeah. Season five. Season yeah. five, episode one. And we've invited uh, Drew and Alex to be permanent participants in the discussion. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm really honored and blown away, and I'm glad that I can participate. Um, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll start getting just in, uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tough two years for me, but I think, like, the biggest thing has been, I remember we did that one discomfort zone and it was kind of about weight loss and stuff. And I think it was, um, it was around New Year's 2020. Yeah. And then I just let, I don't want to say anything because we're streaming, but I just let that thing be an excuse to, to not hit my goals. And then I became like a borderline alcoholic. And then I was eating a whole bunch and I was consuming a ton of cannabis. And then I just had to like think and say, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm, 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 I'm telling myself these stories as to why this is okay for me to do. And it never was okay. And, and I think I did learn a lot from it, but I, 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 I would like to think that a lot of people let 2020 and the bullshit that has continued to this day as, as the events that we all cannot even speak of without being silenced from the tyrannical uh bio pharma tech uh or i guess you can say pharma- whatever you want here this is bonus yeah, i can say like i don't care what is said if we get right. streamed i don't i don't care oh well okay so i i just think because of covid and all the other bullshit that you know people let that be an excuse to um not hit their goals mm-hmm. and then i you know when i would see alex making moves i would see andrew making moves and i'd still see brett making moves and i was just like okay what's my fucking excuse and um i think i got i started getting a state probably like spring of this year and brett and nathan launched the um their course um i don't know why it's slipping my mind mindset Uh, mastery yeah mindset mastery and it was just kind of in alignment already with where it was and then, you know, I was, I had the luxury of, you know, just spending more time with you guys. And I just kind of realized that it was really time for me to take a lot of personal inventory about who I'm spending my time with, who I'm allowing to be in my life. Cause I think there's certain people in my life that I was, I thought were contributing that probably really weren't. And then I was just like, you know, whenever I spend time with you guys, it's, it's always a positive. And Alex came here and i had the luxury of him staying with me and he he got me on track and i think like you know just there's some little things that you know alex is really tidy and alex and i would have like i'd have something in a certain place because i knew it was there like number one alex i don't know if you move my i had this gloves so i wouldn't cut my hand when i used my fucking uh knife no what's the thing it's uh, <laughs> that a not saw. a knife no Axe. it's a uh uh sword man- grinder mandolin thing so oh, when yeah. you're taking a vegetable down Shame so i had a glove in one of my drawers and no idea where that went i don't think i moved that okay well my go-to is to blame you because you moved a lot of shit <laughs> alex is a guy who moves things he moves things i do and he makes it way more tidy 
And then you have to say, Alex, I had something here. Where is it? And he said, well, I put everything in that area. I promise it's there. And it usually is there. And it's usually in a way more area. But man, it, whenever I can't find some, no, you're not here, Alex. You're the fucking first go-to that I blame. Yeah. But it was... I, I think my default is I go, I just, I guess I just don't have that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think so. So for my discomfort has been, you know, taking ownership. Like I, I know there's certain things I don't like to do. I know that I am in an adjustment period in my business because I, I was... You know, I, I had a certain relationship with Rich that I, I let go on too long. Like I should have. the guy who worked for you. Yeah, Rich was somebody that worked for me and I knew I should have probably let him go earlier. We should have probably parted ways and it would have been better for the both of us just because we had two very different personalities. Like nothing. Man, I went on a firing spree not too long ago and uh, I'm so much better off for it. Yeah. 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 So this gives me an idea. So Drew, you you basically laid out a bunch of discomforts over the past nearly two years, right? But you're taking the lessons you learned from that and putting that out there. And I feel like we can go around the table and do a version of that with each of us, like a mini, like summary discomfort, what lessons we learn, our biggest takeaways, and then a, a pain point. Yeah. Well, and I would just say like, you know, I let this weight loss thing, it was a thing that I wanted. So like before I knew any of you guys, before I got into corporate America, like fitness was my fucking life. I mean, like I was all about like lifting and getting in shape and diet and exercise. And then like, even from the point when I met Brett, like I had no idea, like Brett was in really super good shape and he showed up at my house. I'm like, God damn, dude, you're in fucking great shape. Like, what do you do? And he goes, Oh, I'm okay. Like what do you do to stay in shape? You know, Brett, he's so flattering. And I was like, fucking do some yoga and shit. But then like, you know, I, I started getting in back into resistance training and I started hurting myself because my ego would get involved with lifting weights. So then I found resistance bands and a program that would help me. I'm still doing yoga and stuff like that. But like, man, the results doing resistance training have really helped. But it's just like, you know, the more you work out, the more testosterone you start getting. And, you know, as... Andrew's dude, Andrew Huberman says like testosterone is what makes effort feel good. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think for me, like I had these goals for a long time to weigh a certain amount of weight and make a certain amount of money per month. And I'd always just make excuses. And so this year has been the year of trying to rid things of excuses. And it's like, well, what is contributing to these excuses? And you know, an old mentor of mine always says, you know, your your network is your net worth. And I, and I think and it always goes back to, you know, you're the sum total of the people you spend your most time with. So it's like, how am I spending my time? Who am I spending it with? And so that's been a big thing for me this year is just, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but, you know, I am embracing the journey and enjoying the journey. And I think that's something we all need to remember that's really important. I mean, here I am podcasting, which was a big part of, what made me become the person to befriend individuals like your guys itself. So that's where I'm at. So we can all go and we can explore this. I think that's a great idea, Andrew. So, but I'm done talking now. Well, okay. As quickly as you can possibly say it, what's your pain point? I think my pain point really right now is, is still financial. I think, you know, I was on a big, I was on a really good track to hit some goals before COVID hit. And um, I did recently pick up a distributor 
um, with um, for my microgreens. So that's going to help me out a lot. And I did just get like a lot of photos taken for the website to do stuff. So my pain point is getting my business in a line and, and also, you know, coming to the grips of the fact that I'm a shitty manager. Like I've never been a manager. I was never a manager. I was, I was always a good sales guy. Good I would train okay. new sales so guys. Without trying to solve it right now with and limiting our time, I think that's a great topic for a future episode because I love nothing more than looking at somebody's business and going, well, here's what you should do. Yeah. But honestly, like our conversation always helped me. You're like, Drew, well, I got I, a lot of ideas. So you'd okay. be like, Drew, I just wish you would come here and start a fucking branch here. And I'm like, God, I would love to have a business in Pittsburgh. Why wouldn't I want that? Like, I love Pittsburgh. I've always done business in Pittsburgh. I've always done business in Columbus and Pittsburgh. Like whether it was comedy shows or in Toronto too. Like I love those three cities. And it's something about, I don't know if it's something about being, I, I don't know. It is Rust Belt thing, but I think there's like certain, there's certain things about those three cities that I all, that I really like. And I am doing business in Toledo. Like I like Toledo too, but it's, it's still up and come. It's still recovering. It didn't recover like Pittsburgh did. So um, but I love those cities. I like blue collar cities traditionally. And I like, I like the cultures there. And I like just the kind of like, uh, as Alex was kind of shitting on me saying, I don't know what a nice neighborhood is. Cause I'm from the Rust. No, I was saying Andrew, Andrew doesn't know. Well, you live I mean, in Columbus, bro. You've, you've been to upper Arlington. You know what that's like. That's true. But I think, you know, I think, but Pittsburgh's a real city. I mean, there's, it's like, there's some real cultural significance to Pittsburgh. Like yeah, yeah, Columbus just lacks character. there's no, there's no, there, we have like one old building. Like Columbus <laughs> is a new fucking city. I mean, it's not like the, there, most of the other big cities, Dayton, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Toledo, they're way older cities than Columbus. Mm -hmm. Like Columbus is a, it's, it's been a farmer's town until the last 30 years. So, so I'm trying to be real conscious of the time here. So Brian, right, so I'm done. Did you have a hard out? Yeah, I want to uh, echo what Drew said, that it's definitely financial for me as well, where there is this thing where I don't feel like I have to worry about money because of like crypto for uh, to a certain extent. Like, I think that's a super dangerous. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Right. So, okay. you don't so I, I need to I need to say this because I thought of this when Drew was talking, um, you know, saying. Oh, everyone's using COVID as an, as an excuse to not do something. That's, or, I feel exactly the same way. Excuse. That was, that's what I, I was pushing at. In parallel with that, everyone's using COVID as an excuse to go, oh, I'm an investor now. I'm a super genius and mm -hmm. I'm doing all these things. Look at all these ways I'm making money. And it's like, man, is any of this helping you develop some kind of marketable skill? Is any of this oh. helping you build something tangible? Is any of this time? or gains or whatever it is. Is this something that can live on and exist outside of that very narrow focus? I think the answer is no. Right. So what I'm saying is I need to experience some kind of a mindset shift because outside of that, I, I mean, if I could just like take that off the table and act like I still have to grind at this point, I think that would be really, really beneficial to me. But I can always tell myself, oh, you don't have to worry about things. You've got a long road ahead of you before you actually run out of resources, which is true, but I don't want to live that way. I'm, I'm in a big transition as far as my work is concerned right now. 2021 has been a great year in a lot of ways for me, but yeah, I feel myself dragging my feet a little bit 
Uh, I think part of it is jumping into something new, some kind of unfamiliar territory, uh, and then just kind of like resting on these laurels of like, oh, well, you have resources, so you don't have to work hard, but I need to act like that's not true. Because those resources that I have is actually, as far as like earning is concerned, it's very artificial. It's very artificial. Like I have World of Warcraft money from a time when people were giving it away. And even with crypto, I've only made bad decisions, right? Like I've, <laughs> I've gotten rid of so much of what I had. I need to act like I do not have that pillow. I do not have that safety blanket. Sure. Can I just reiterate an idea that I talked to you about after Mindset Mastery is like, you were so good at like deconstructing like certain routines and like just understanding like you can't have a good morning routine without a good eating routine. And right. I think like there's so many, like that gratitude journal I got, it was like five bucks and it's just something you fill out every day, morning and night. And it's just like, you could probably create a way better one. You know what I mean? And I think, I think there's certain things that like little things when it comes to like the amount of work you've done, when it comes to personal growth and self-development or just even the research you do, which is which is what always drew most of us to your show, was was like, wow, Brett can really like connect a lot of dots that I I it's it's going on in the back of my mind, but I can't put in the forefront of my consciousness type of thing. And I think that you could do a lot of little things that would produce a lot of money for you. Um, whether it be just looking at like, okay, gratitude journals or just little things that are like routine oriented programs that you could sell for like, you know, five bucks on Amazon and probably make a decent amount of like margin on it or something. Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to speak for just, Brett here. like easy extra money. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't need more ideas. Right. Oh, totally. I agree. Action. Okay. Yeah. I well, agree with that's that. That's fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't know Brett as you well. You need as ideas. You need pressure. Right. So I don't need to be spreading myself. I, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Drew. And I, I also well, at the same time, sense. well, at the same time, I agree that there are lots of ways to monetize things that I've done and given away for free. But at the same time, like channeling that energy into a singular direction right now makes more sense for me. And, and, and the great news is if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I can, you know, move on to something else. And I'm not going to starve if something doesn't work out, you know? So I, I, I'm actually in a, I guess a fairly luxurious position that I not, I, I need to not take for granted right now, you know, and, and just say, okay, well, it's all right for me to try to do something new and bold. If something doesn't work out, just change directions and try something new and don't be afraid to accept failure. I've never, you know, people talk about, you know, their entrepreneurial endeavors and, oh, I lived, Robert Kiyosaki, I lived in my car and I failed here and I failed there and I failed 10 times before I ever became successful. I never really failed hard at anything. So I, I kind of go forward with this expectation of, oh yeah, I mean, you also might have to have a failure or two before you, you know, find the next thing that's really going to work for you. But you also might need to have external pressure or some kind of significant pressure so you are forced to have something succeed. Yeah, I was I was actually really intrigued by what you said there, Andrew, because I know you put pressure on yourself. And I know like I respond really well under pressure and like 
me moving into this house put a lot of pressure on me. And but it, it also is like taking me to to this point of having these ideas because I have a place to think, I have a place for people to come and stay. So how do you think Brett can put pressure on himself without having to live in a car? I, I think there's probably a lot of ways that I am eager to explore, but I think Brett did a good job articulating a discomfort and a pain point for a future show. But how do we extract a lesson out of kind of coming to these conclusions? It's maybe a project for me to try and understand that inertia a little bit better. Is it a fear? What's behind it? I don't think fear is bad. Like, I got lots of fear. Yeah. Jake is it stopping you from doing anything? Like, are you, a, are you scared to do something because of that fear? Right now, with what you guys know I'm thinking about doing next, it could potentially be a lot of exposure that could make me um, a target if it's successful. So there's always this, this, and that's no way to think, right? Like uh, we did a discomfort zone years ago where it was like the, the outcome was uh, be somebody worth screwing. Yeah. You know? So I still remember that to this day. I think about it all the time. Yeah. And I think that's really, really good advice. Like get screwed. I think most of my resistance comes from like how, much can you stick your head out and survive? But a lot of that has to do with prop things that I could start resolving on my own to be more strong and resilient in that situation. It says to me that I'm not doing certain things that I should do if I'm afraid of sticking my head or having the, the great opportunity of having my head stuck up enough that somebody is going to come for me. So I'm going to use that as a springboard for my general like discomfort to get into. Okay, but let me let me episode. just say this real quick. Um, so I, I frequently hear this from some real estate investment podcasts where they say, "Don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog." So basically, what they're saying is, "Don't let the fear of the tax implications stop you from going forward on what could be a really good investment." So don't let the the punishment on the back end stop you from reaping the rewards. And I think it's very easy for people to see the potential downside, the punishment, in this case, the negative exposure or, you know, sticking your neck out there. And, and that might stop you from acting and ever realizing that. But realizing that and facing that head on could be the best thing you ever did because all the good things that come along with it. Right. Just because there's a bad thing that comes along with it or potentially a bad thing doesn't mean it's not worth going for. Right. So another discomfort zone, upgrading your problems, right? This is also uh, something that we mm -hmm. talked about. And um, we're smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are really. Have you people something. heard us? Yeah. Yeah. I talked to my friend Nick Runlet about this quite a bit, like just about uh, what what are my self-limiting beliefs around money and uh, looking at a lot of my father's experience where he, by the time he was my age, had ascended to a very high level of success, could have retired when he was, you know, younger than I am now, the problems that his ambition brought him through, let's see, the uh, Environmental Protection Agency, the IRS, uh, lawsuits, uh, copyright issues, I need to really, really experience and get over whatever I had happen or whatever I went through as like a 13, 14 year old, like very impressionable person watching these things happen to one of the more 
uh, influential people in my life. And I need to understand like what meaning I took from that and figure out how to let it go. Because I, I really do see that there's these like self-limiting beliefs around money that are almost irrational. And that has led me to this place where it's like, all right, well, before you could think about these things completely rationally, what happened to you to, to form these kinds of uh, ideas and beliefs? So this is the, the problem that I've been working on for myself recently is like, what gets you to do that? why do that? So like, yeah, the tax, uh, tail wagging the investment dog, like, yeah, just get over that. Okay. That's, that's easy to say, but why do that? Why don't you do that? Because it's fucking hard because it's painful because it's anxiety provoking, uh, because it's energy draining. And so what's the thing that gets you beyond that? And I just a week or two ago, I will finally leave this person's name out because you guys hate it when I say people's names, but this person was like, I went on a hike and I, uh, did mushrooms. And I realized like the only thing that matters is my happiness. And I had been thinking that for years and years and years. And at this point, I think happiness is important. My personal happiness, other people's happiness, that's definitely a value to me. But I, I think there, I think there's something short about that, that you don't, your own happiness, because we all have our baggage and we all have our reasons to not like ourselves. Um, there's a certain point where that's just going to fail you as a thing that keeps you moving forward like yeah the only reason you're moving forward is hedonic pleasure like that's gonna right. run out and what does happiness that's mean? not but that's not really happiness it's I'm not the same thing but the point is is like i th i think that being passionate about something that's important that's beyond it's important to you or it's passionate and happiness enjoy. are very different things though yeah, they, they are. Yeah. They so that's what my traps. point is is that i think like what's that thing that gets you to face those demons Brad, about your relationship with your father and his relationship with money and that your relationship with that experience to you and what's uh the thing that gets you to keep moving when it's hard when you want to stop when um when whatever it is is like holding you back and so that's where like to me i think being drawn into doing something accomplishing something achieving some uh like growing some value in the world um I don't know what that thing is for me and I don't know that that's the right answer, but that's, that's the discomfort I've had recently because I am in a spot where like Brett and not just because of crypto, but because of business, like I realistically day to day, I just don't need money and I'm not where I want to be financially. I don't have fuck you money. That's just pure investment, but I have enough that that's not like the pursuit of that isn't something that I need anymore. And I don't think the solution to that is just to, bury myself in expenses to the point where I have to, once again, like work hard to make money. Yeah. Well, I, th I, th I think that's a good point. I think like sometimes Alex from, I mean, and this is probably going to be for the show, but I think like Andrew and I, cause him and I are really close in age. We've had multiple conversations about how we could be as disciplined as you are when it comes to like business and just the way and I always joke about it's the power of your autism or whatever, but it's it's like there is something about growing up with the internet always being a thing versus like Andrew and I can remember, you know, having to know people's phone numbers. Like fucking you. Netscape Navigator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brett knows it obviously. Brett's like, you know, Gen X generation and, and me and Andrew are like borderline Gen X. We're like kind of young Gen X, old millennials. Um, and you're just, you know, you're in the millennial generation, you know, like there's no, 
way around it. But there's certain things, man, that you can't like biohack your way out of that you just mm-hmm. had. There's certain pains you just need to experience. And I think that you've experienced certain pains definitely, I think, growing up. And I think it's it's been a motivational factor. And but you know, man, like I I think like you inspire I think all of us here in a lot of ways, because there's there's certain ways that you can just buckle down and focus in on things and just not let anything else like the way you can just get a tunnel vision about something. But I think there's certain things about goals of like, fuck you money and kind of having it. I think like the pursuit of fuck you money won't get you fuck you money. I think it's the that's pursuit what I'm of saying. Else that gets that's you. what and I'm it, saying. And yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. So I think it's like for you, it's like, like you are scheduling time to have a social life and it's, and it's like, to me, that's like, God, I wish I'd, I wish I could just not have a social life and I could just focus on the things I need to be focusing on. Right. Cause that shit's just going to come naturally. But for me, me like, but for me and Andrew, it's like, we're network dudes. Like we're me and Andrew are kind of like, uh, we're kind of like old men that aren't old. We make things happen the old school way and it's through networking and stuff, but it's also like, it's fun to network. It's fun to go out and have drinks. It's fun to go out and do certain things, but it's, it also distracts you from just buckling down and focusing on certain things that we know we need to We're like, no, fuck that. Like I'm going to get things done the way I know how to get things done. And it's like this weird, this weird balance. I don't know. Anything that has to do with happiness turns me off. I agree. As most of it's bullshit. I agree. Well, I mean, this year, I obviously, I didn't expect this to happen this year, but I met this woman who, uh, I mean, you guys have all met her. And it's uh, been, the year 2021 was a success for that reason for me. But it happened at a time where I also felt ambition kind of waning because I was wrapping up something. You know, I, I don't know if there's really a distinction between like men and women on the issue of ambition, but I have felt like, all right, well, I'm winding something down. I'm wrapping something up. And I've actually experienced a lot of like personal and emotional struggles this year. Well, against this backdrop of this great happiness of this, this person that I have been looking for to come into my life, coinciding with you're winding this thing down, how important ambition actually is. I mean, it's been a very good year for that. And for other reasons, like getting back to Pittsburgh, all of the other, uh, you know, uh, friendship and like social connections that I have in life, doing the things that are important to me, just as far as like self care is concerned. Uh, It's been a good year. But there is like, if, if, if it's just happiness, if happiness is the end goal, it's not enough. Because I feel like I have all the things that make a person happy in life. And I'm still feeling this void, I think, is created by a lack of ambition that I used to feel that I don't have right now until I take this next step. Do you and this person have goals together? Oh, yeah. Has Um, that helped with ambition? I I think it has to be something separate. I I think for it, it has to be something personal for me. It can't be like nothing I'm doing can be dependent on another person, right? I'm not doing this for somebody else. So my own 
drive, my own goals, that has to be separate from, from that experience. We can have goals together, but I can't rely on another person to bolster, you know, my ambition. You can't expect to be satisfied in your life based on this person. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's a disastrous, that's a disastrous expectation. You can be happy with this person and yes, but happiness and satisfaction are two very different things. You know, one person who I look up to more than almost anybody else on the entire planet, a great man once said, happiness is for the weaklings. Nick R. Yeah. And I think he's right. If that's all it is, if it's just happiness and you're pursuing happiness, then like Alex said, it's, it's hedonic or it's an excuse. Like it's hedonic at worst, at best, it's an excuse to not do something difficult Difficult. or challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I I identify with this. I'm always pretty happy, but it's like along the same lines, like think about it in the, in the realm of like diet, right? Like today I had to make the decision of, okay, I'm stopping at the gas station for food. Do I want a meat and cheese snack? That would make me happy. Or do I want a pack of plain almonds? The yeah. almonds were far more satisfying. Yeah. If you want to be on a diet, you should have gotten the uh, the pickle, the pack of pickles. Pickles are very low calorie. <laughs> Me, yeah, I'm a man like who's been calorie. working on my diet for years. I was afraid to leave the house today because I was worried I was going to shit my pants. Wow. <laughs> yeah. On the, on the flip <laughs> side, like to getting to kind of what Alex was saying, Bitcoin or crypto going up and theoretically making you a whole bunch of money makes you happy. It's not satisfying, though. I think the we definitely there's a whole discussion about the definition of happiness that isn't had. Definitely. But I, yeah, for me, I think it's like right, either Alex, regardless of where that is, like happiness. that that ambition piece, that pursuit of something that is meaningful beyond a personal yeah. satisfaction or or something like that. Like I think you get. I think again, it's like you don't get fuck you money by having your sole focus being fuck you money. It's by like the cheesy version would be like focus on providing value to other people. Um, and doing something you're good at, and then you happen to just wake up one day and you get fuck you money. Like similarly, I think having a general sense of like life is really great and I'm happy doesn't come from like, well, what do I do to be happy? There's a certain level of thought you have to have because like you're not going to be happy if you wake up and grind your fingers against uh, a mandolin because you don't have a chainmail glove every day. Uh, it's going to be harder, but. Um, once you know a couple of things about like, Hey, if you do these five things, like it's going to be harder for you to feel good about life. Then it's about like, yeah, what are you doing to like do something that's for more than just you and your personal feel good. Brent, have you ever read Martin Seligman? Seligman? I know the name. Um, read maybe. A book called Sounds like a Woody Allen character. No, nah, it's, it's called flourish a vision of new understanding happiness. I heard somebody talking about it. Um, on a podcast and I guess the whole idea is you need to have some super big goal and it's really important that you can never accomplish it yeah I mean well I've I've always had that you know like I've always had my purpose and now I need a new path to pursuing it I have always felt like I know what I'm supposed to do like I know what the good is that I can put into this world and I just have to find the most effective and efficient means of doing it the viral vector the viral vector yeah fred are you at your time do we need to wrap this up yeah i i told my guy uh i need 15 more minutes so i've got maybe like we should wrap up yeah Yeah. we should wrap up yep we sure should i mean andrew do you want to take up the rest of the time and just i mean this was your idea sure um well kind of 
thinking about the timeline that Drew laid out, like from COVID till now, right? It hasn't been that good of a time for me, objectively. Like this year alone, my dad died. I had to take on the financial burden of that whole situation. My mom's kind of a mess financially. Uh, so that's also falling on my shoulders. I've grown the businesses to a point where there are a lot of people that depend on me for money. Um, none of them are direct W2 employees, but they're all contractors in a way, but I'm giving them consistent income and consistent money. I have investors, I have partners, and I have all of these burdens, all of these external things I need to feed. Like, yes, I don't have a direct family of my own. I don't have a wife and kids, but I do have all that. I have my dad's wife. I have all these people I pay that rely on me from my virtual assistant to my contractors, to my cleaners, to the guy who cuts my grass. I, as of the past couple of days, I have my entire mom's side of the family. My grandfather is extremely sick. Sounds like he's dying right now as we speak. Um, all of that. So this all sounds very sad. Um, I've had relationships go south. That piles on top. Like nothing is objectively going well. Except, I guess the the lesson to to put it that way, or something good that came out of it is, I can take a fucking beating, and somehow find something good in it, or bounce back in some way. Like with my my dad dying and his whole situation in Nicaragua, I'm figuring out ways to turn that from an explicit financial burden and potential destitution for his wife into a business opportunity that might make us both money or trying to pull the positive things out of it. Um, you know, last week, one of my houses got shot up by a drive-by that could have been devastating. If I didn't have a million problems going on at that time, I could have focused on that and, and taken the woe is me route and, just let it defeat me based on the events that followed and what I had to do. But I didn't allow myself the time. And, and that's bad. Like I have ADD, I can't focus. And that's one of my biggest issues. So maybe that's my pain point, but I try to take that and spin it and use it as a tool. Like, because I can't focus, I can take these blows, take these hits and just go, okay, next and move on to the next problem. Or like somehow find a balance between solving the problem yet moving on emotionally, mentally, fiscally, whatever it might be. And as all of these problems and burdens and issues grow, it's a bunch of obligations and they, they're easy to quantify financially. And I have more financial obligations on my shoulders today than I ever have in the past, but that's forcing me to take every financial blow and go, okay, next. I don't have time to, to dwell on it. I don't have time to be upset about it or let it destroy me. All I can do is keep moving and find myself in a position where I can figure out a way to, to bring in more to satisfy those because the next thing is coming, whether I like it or not. So what's the discomfort? The discomfort is, I guess, um, how do I be more present in the moment, enjoy myself and be better for others 
in the face of all this stuff without making myself less effective at all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You've built this tool of like constantly being pulled in a hundred directions. And one of the things that doesn't help you with is enjoying a given moment and being present for other people who kind of want to connect with you. So it's like, well, shit, this tool is good at like 95% of the things, but this last 5% is really important. And I kind of can't use this tool on that. So what do I do? Cause I can't give up the tool cause it's helping with the 95% of things. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's tough. So I just tried to summarize all kinds of shit as quickly as mm-hmm. I could. Well, we'll solve that next time. And yep. <laughs> we're one of the reasons why we brought this larger group together is a kind of accountability. So we will do these shows more regularly. Well, um, and we're, we're having these discussions individually with each other. Yes. Uh, yeah. Drew has a really, obviously I find it interesting, but a potential business venture that's outside of anything he's currently doing that he and I talked about. And throughout the whole time, we're like, fuck, I wish that had been recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I always have this idea of, you know, okay, so I'm in this business, you're in this business. I'm not, let's go from zero to hero. Like, you know how to do it instead of like me buying a course or something like how about we just have conversations and we have different right because we're going to do it one way or another like yeah. we might as well record it and if we bring in these guys then maybe they can get different perspectives than simply my perspective and vice yeah. versa totally well hey guys i really appreciate you having me brett i know you got to get out of here andrew you should probably head down south or is it south yeah yeah you should probably head down south Alex, you should probably go, I don't know, do whatever Colorado people do now. Let's go skiing. Yeah, yeah you skiing. should probably go skiing. Yeah, you go skiing Walking off of Piper. Yeah. <laughs> of a 90-year-old. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm I'm glad to, I'm honored to be a part of this. Um, so I appreciate it. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to the improvements I make from being a part of it. And hopefully I can help others along the way. Awesome. Glad to have you guys aboard. Mm. Yeah, I am glad to be here aboard the with a microphone sailing. finally. With a God, microphone, how do you end a show? No, it's uh, I'll just cut it off. American thing. Brad will just cut it off after I say, "How do you end a show?" Yeah.